After it became clear that the world was in a pandemic situation, the initial shortfall projection indicated that the general fund could have a potential shortfall of 25 to 41 million, largely due to pandemic-related revenue loss. Fortunately, the final shortfall didn't turn out to be as bad as initial signs showed. the show folks you're listening to klbp long beach public radio my name is kevin flores editor at fourth.org and this is city council meeting notes bringing you a recap of what went down at the long beach city council meeting each week we'll talk about the decisions the stakes and the occasional drama you just heard from long beach's budget manager grace yoon on how the city's finances fared last year in a budget report brought to the council this week which we'll get to in a moment but First, the council began the day in a closed session to discuss the bankruptcy hearing of the Queen Mary's operator Eagle Hospitality Trust, a company based in Singapore. Now, the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy last month, meaning the ship's future is once again facing choppy waters. Many questions still remain unanswered, including whether the city will be left holding the bag on the millions of dollars in repairs the ship needs. Now, I'll certainly be keeping an eye on any new developments there, but... For now, let's move on to the regular agenda where the council on Tuesday got a chance to compare what the city actually spent in fiscal year 2020 versus what had been budgeted. And with the emergence of a global pandemic, civil unrest, and an unprecedented flip to the economic switch, the city's budget certainly took a hit. As expected, the general fund ended the year with a deficit. But believe it or not, there's some good news there, because the deficit didn't balloon as big as had been previously projected. Initially, city officials had predicted that the budgetary blow could be as large as $41 million due to the pandemic restrictions that halted much of the city's economic life, including shutting down hotels. But better than expected property tax and cannabis revenue helped to buoy the general fund above those more gloomy projections instead ending the year with a $19.7 million shortfall. Budget manager Grace Yoon said belt-tightening decisions by the city manager were also to thank for blunting the deficit. In terms of expenditure, proactive measures were taken during the year. The city manager issued mid-year savings target and a hiring freeze to departments who worked to scale back on costs and generate savings. The city council also suspended some previously approved one-time projects. Also helping to stem the bleeding was an infusion of $134 million in state and federal grants the city received to cover COVID-19 expenses. Still, several departments went over budget, including the police department, which went about $2 million into the red due to overtime incurred during its response to the civil unrest on May 31st, as well as expenses tied to the pandemic. Now, a $19.7 million hole may have come as good news, but it's nothing to sneeze at. The council on Tuesday opted to borrow money from the city's reserves to plug that hole, a move that could leave Long Beach vulnerable to further disruptions if the money isn't quickly replenished. The council this week also spent some time discussing a Best Western on Long Beach Boulevard that the city 
bought and plans to convert into temporary housing for people experiencing homelessness. The project will be paid for using a grant from the state, and on Tuesday, the council awarded Orange-based The Illumination Foundation a $2 million contract to operate the interim housing facility. However, there were some unexpected public comments on the item. Former workers from another hotel that underwent a similar conversion phoned in to say that they were left unemployed and, ironically, on the brink of homelessness and didn't want to see that happen again. Here's what one of the former hotel workers said via an interpreter. So I agree with the home key project, but the problem is that when we uh, got fired, then people was uh, subcontracted. And uh, so it would not be fair for our families to face uh, homelessness uh, due to this uh, situation. So this month I had to either pay rent or support my daughter or feed my daughter. So I had to select and pick my daughter, of course. So I don't want other workers to face the same situation that I had to face. Now we should note that the hotel where these workers were let go was bought by the county, while the Best Western in question was purchased by the city. Still, the council seemed concerned by the possibility of sacrificing jobs for housing and offered a few suggestions. Councilmember Cindy Allen asked if it was possible to add a worker retention requirement to the new operator contract. However, that was shot down pretty quick by City Attorney Charles Parkin, who said that inserting such a provision this late could throw the whole contract into question. Ultimately, Councilmember Mary Zendaya has asked city staff to come back with a report on what efforts were being made at the site to give job opportunities to the displaced workers there. City Manager Tom Modica spoke briefly about those efforts. Let's take a listen. We are getting a sense that most of the employees did have the ability through Best Western to have um, alternate employment at their other sites. Uh, we've also connected a number of them with workforce development. Something we've done in the past is we have requested um, interviews for anybody who did not have other opportunities to at least be able to interview with um, the group um, and see if there's a fit. Uh, we find that is um, people are a little bit more willing to do that if there's a process that they are able to see if, if that employee is a good fit. So we'd like to be able to offer that as well for the ones that are remaining, although we do at this point think it's not that many that were impacted. The grant used to finance this project requires that the city have the housing facility up and running by May 15th. You're listening to KLBP 99.1 Long Beach Public Radio. After the break, we'll go over the council's decision to move forward with a new plan to demolish the old city hall building. Stay tuned.
I'm Kevin Flotis, editor at Forth.org, and you're listening to City Council Meeting Notes on KLBP 99.1. City officials say the imposing 14-story brutalist structure that served as Long Beach's City Hall for 42 years has got to go. Not only is it a safety hazard, they say, but the unoccupied building has also become the target of repeated vandalism. The building's demolition has been in the works for a few years, but hit a snag recently. After plenary properties, the developer that intended to build apartment high-rises at the site had to put its plans on ice because the firm failed to secure enough capital to kickstart the project. Under the new plan, plenary properties will still be responsible for knocking down the old city hall building. And meanwhile, the city's $1 million share of the costs will be deducted from plenary's payment to the city when they buy the site. That's all the time we have this week, folks. Thank you for tuning in. There's no city council meeting next week, and instead we'll be bringing you a conversation with fourth editors and reporters about some of the pieces we've published this month. The city council meets the first three Tuesdays of the month, and you can follow along with our live coverage of each meeting on Twitter at LBC Meeting Notes. You can catch this program every Thursday and Sunday at 11 a.m. on KLBP 99.1 FM, you can also listen on demand to each episode at klbp.org or forth.org. That's F-O-R-T-H-E.org. The music by my colleague Esther Kang. My name is Kevin Flores, editor at forth.org. Take care.
Sounds from up above, texture of my 